This is Ashton Marcus, and I'm on location at the Clara Trevor Theater for the presentation of Sweet Smell of Success. Hi, I'm Ashton Marcus with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and you're? Hi, I'm Gary Busby. I'm the music director of this show, Sweet Smell of Success. I have been here at UC Irvine for 11 years. I have been the chair of the department since January of 2013. Uh, before that, I taught at UCLA and at USC. I've conducted all over the world. Uh, teach singing here in the department. I'm the, the voice teacher in the, mus in the uh, drama department in the music theater program. So, which is the only BFA in music theater uh, in the UC system. So, so how did the uh, the actors do uh, voice wise? Oh, they did beautifully tonight. It was a great show. Well, you tell me. You were the one listening. What'd you think? <laughs> Actually, I liked it very much. Oh, good, good, good. I'm glad. Uh, no, I thought they really sang well. I mean, we have the we got some donors and um, hired a professional group of musicians to be the pit underneath them and it really lifted and elevated them so they were able to achieve some things tonight actually the whole run but every single night they're finding new nuances and new shaping and coloring it's really exciting to be their teacher and then also be able to be with them in the pit and sort of lead them through a production and a show where they can sort of they know what they can trust so it's, it's the same from the studio to performance so, uh, did you have any involvement in casting of the play? Yes, absolutely. With my colleagues Marana Delaney and Andrew Palermo, we cast the show. We actually cast the show at the beginning of the school year, so the students have known that they were going to do this. And then we put the show together in about three and a half weeks. So we started on April 20th and then went into Tech uh, Memorial Day weekend. So what do you look for in your casting? Well, it depends on the show. Um, of course, first and foremost, for a musical, they have to be able to sing the material. Uh, and after that, they have to be able to embody the, the essence of the character that they're, we're looking for them to portray. It's not about look, although that you know, comes sometimes enters into it. You, at certain point, you're dealing with creating a community of people. And so... Um, it's about, it with every show it's slightly different, but the essence is you want to find the, the, the students or the actors, it doesn't mean if they're students, professionals are the same, who sort of really feel like they are the character they're going to be, so that, that when they live the time and the life of whomever it is that they're portraying, the audience feels like it's authentic. So do you weigh their acting abilities over their singing ability, or do you weigh them equally? They're or pretty equal. Uh, we especially, because the music theater program is an acting program through song. So we tell our students that their job is to act on specific pitch in specific rhythm. And that's the hard part and the easy part of singing, is that you're acting on specific pitch and in specific rhythm. So whether they're speaking or singing, they're acting, or dancing, they're acting. So... So can you comment a bit on the style of the music that was played? Well, it's a, it's a late Marvin Hamlish score. Marvin Hamlish is a great American composer who wrote Chorus Line and a bunch of great shows and was a fabulous pop composer as well. Um, so, but it's a really, it's a big band show, a uh, big band score, highly jazz influenced. And you can see, because you were listening, there's very little music and there's very little scenes that are not underscored. So it's essentially like a live film score happening for the audience. All the transitions are underscored, much of the dialogue is underscored, and it has a very um, post-West Side Story 
feel to it. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. It's set in 1952 in New York, and so, which is just in the same era of West Side Story, so it sort of has the color and the evocation of that period of and that sound. And I thought that the band really, the orchestrations lent themselves, and our orchestra really delivered on the color and the shape and the style of that, that period. Do you find it very challenging to have to have people who sing jazz and, and still finding the people who can act at the same time? Would you say, well, I mean, a person can't act that well, but he can sing jazz fantastically, and we just got to have that? You know, we train our students to work in a variety of styles. So they do everything from light operetta to contemporary music theater, rock and roll. You know, contemporary, really edgy, contemporary, Sondheim, all of that stuff. So as a part of their growth and development, they uh, learn how to sing in a variety of styles. So if they are the right character for it, then what we, what we do is train them how to sing in that style. Because that's what they're coming to school to learn, is they walk out of here with a, with a painter's palette of a variety of different styles that they can draw from and paint with in their professional careers. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that basically, again, uh, again a music director, you, you actually did mo- some casting. Most music directors, they don't do casting, they just have to teach them how to sing. <laughs> well, it depends on where you're working. When I, when I work professionally, I always have a say in the casting because uh, if you, especially if you're working with a director who doesn't understand singing, they could really end up uh, making a mistake. You've got to know that the people who are going to be involved in the show can deliver the musical material. They have to be able to do that. <clears throat> if they have the voice for it, they have the range for it, all of those things. Style and interpretation can be taught to them. Um, but I have never been involved from Portland Opera down through you know working here uh, in a show where I have not had a say in casting. Um, so, and I don't I don't know any music director with his salt who would who would give up control for that because you really don't know what you're going to get, you know, in that case. But also, I'm very fortunate. Our colleagues, we all have a very similar not not uh, we're not in lockstep, but we have we know we're looking for the same things in our students and sort of growing and developing them as well as delivering a product because. Basically, when we're doing shows here, this is a class, you know, so they're learning. I mean, this is a class about learning to put this show together. So, yeah, I guess I deal more with community theater, and the directors, that's all they do. All they do is cast, I mean, and they don't want to give them any of their power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when I was, at the, I was the resident conductor for the Civic Light Opera of South Bay Cities for a number of years, and I always had a say in casting, you know, so... It, it just depends on the on the organization. So. Well, it makes sense if it's opera, obviously. They're mm-hmm. doing none but sing. Yeah. Wait, I've got another question for you. Seeing as you, as you have so much experience in this, is this very realistic in terms of the power of a critic? What, what, what is your opinion of the power of critics? Well, critics, you know, um, critics have an opinion. And so I think a critic, having been a music critic in my younger life, I think one of the things that you're trying to do is paint the picture of the performance for people who weren't present to give them a, a sense of what the style or what the flavor or how well a piece was executed. Um, I think certain critics think it's their job to tear things down. I think other critics think it's their job to elevate certain performers. Um, I think that a, the role of the critic is to help educate uh, the reading audience. 
you know, and help them understand. And if it's a show, for example, or a concert or a play that they don't know, to teach them a little bit, you know. Critics are essentially educators on a certain level. Yeah. I was actually told that a critic really can't get anyone to go to the show who doesn't want to go and can't stop someone from going who really wants to go. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing... What, what's the old saying? Um, as long as they're talking about you, it doesn't matter if it's good press or bad press. As long as they're saying something, the worst thing that you can have is nothing said about you. So I, you know, there are performances that uh, I was at when I read a review and I thought, where was this, what performance was this critic at? Uh, but, you know, everyone has their bias. And I also think that critics, you know, if they're not careful, they they tend to be sort of like the character of J.J., you know, think they have an overinflated opinion of themselves. They can go there. I do, the best critics do not. You know, they, they feel that they have something to say and they have some some knowledge base from which to speak and they're sort of expressing that to their reading audience. So, Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I look forward to hearing it. Hi, my name is Ashton Marcus. I'm with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and you are? Andrew Mondello. I'm a senior at UCI, and I'm from the Bay Area, and I'm hoping to go to grad school soon. And which character did you play? J.J. Hunsucker. Uh, basically, he's the antagonist of the show. He's, uh, he's not evil, but he's not a good guy. And he's kind of the all-knowing, all-powerful master, puppet master of everything that happens in the show. I love anti-heroes in Shakespeare and in everything. I love flawed heroes. I loved your character. <laughs> thank you so much. That's, and thank you for coming, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting show because it's not your typical musical. It's not like sing and dancey at all. It's very dark, very twisted, very edgy. So, yeah. So, uh, how did you get into the character? Uh, well, I use music to get into characters. So, I have a playlist that's all rage music. And I just kind of sit down in the green room and I punch walls and do push ups and tricep dips. And that's how I get into character. Uh, did you, did you, I mean, how'd you get into the evil though? How'd you get the evil to permeate your character? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I kind of, I use past experiences where maybe I felt the same way as he feels throughout the show, if that makes sense. And I try to like dip into my past life, I guess. <laughs> okay. So what's your opinions of critics? Do you think they're overrated or underrated? I don't think either. I think uh, I think that some people can be very harsh, and some people can be not harsh enough, like talking about critics. So, no, neither, really. Right. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Hi, my name is Ashton Marcus with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and you are? Uh, I'm Giovanni Munguia. I play Sydney Falco in Sweet Smell of Success. I was born in Mexico. Uh, then I moved to San Diego, and I I did community college over there, and then I transferred here to UCI to the drama department, and then I am now currently a BFA in a musical theater uh, here. I play Sydney Falco. Uh, Sydney Falco is a press agent who basically has clients who pay him to get them in a newspaper. Um, so basically like a promoter kind of and uh, he is just uh, a guy who needs money and he's, he will do anything uh, to become successful no pun intended uh, 
and he meets JJ and his life just takes a turn for the better he thinks um, but crazy stuff happens afterwards so how did you get into your character anyway um, I, you know there's I watched the movie a lot uh, it was like a good base to, to forming the character there's a 1950s movie uh, with uh, Tony, Tony Curtis um, and that just kind of set the mood for me uh, just the whole like film noir uh, and just like the seriousness and uh, also like the comedic um, aspect of Sydney. Um, so I just kind of went from there and just, you know, it's just at some point it just clicks, you know, and you just like figure out how to do everything in the show like your character. Um, but yeah, I just started with the movie and just like a good base. Um, so do you think critics are overrated or underrated or what? Um, I think critics are needed at least now to really get a, a somebody else's point of view on something. You know, it depends what you're talking about. For, for example, theater, you know, if there's somebody who really knows their stuff, you know, you read them to, to get, you know, you don't, you don't, you can't be influenced by them, but it's a good source to, to kind of formulate your own opinion about stuff. Well, I love your performance. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Hi, my name is Ashton Marcus. I'm with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And you're? Hi, my name is Tarek Malik, and I play Dallas on Sweet Smell of Success. Uh, this is my fourth year at UCI. I'm graduating this year. This is my 12th show I've worked on here and my last show. And in a few months, I'll be moving to New York to continue acting. So I play the character of Dallas Cochran. He's a piano player uh, and the love interest of the, the main female lead. So uh, what do you think of the play? Well, it's great. I mean, I, I think this show is great because it's a Broadway show. It's big and bombastic, but it's not corny. It's very dark and rooted and very grounded and, and gritty. And I think that it offers such a cool film noir element that a lot of shows don't have. So I'm really glad we were able to put it up here. How important do you think is personal uh, marketing for an actor? Oh, really important. Yeah, I mean, you can get by without personal marketing. But when you personal market and when you take your career into your own hands, you're ensuring more success for yourself in the long run. And you're, a lot of people say that in this business, it's, it's luck being in the right place at the right time. But if you're in control of your career, you're putting yourself in the right place at the right time. So, <laughs> thank you very much for being on the show. No, thank you. Hi, I'm Ashton Marcus with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and I'm with... I'm Stephen Stanley, from uh, editor of Stage Scene LA. Okay, normally I don't... I don't interview uh, critics, but basically this show was about a critic. So what do you think of it? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's about a critic. It's more about a gossip columnist. And uh, I've been known to gossip in my life. I love this show. I, love, I think it's exciting to see something that hasn't been done and that UCI gets to do the first university college production on the West Coast is very exciting. And they do it brilliantly. So you don't identify with the lead, leading actors at all? No, I don't think J.J. or Walter Winchell really reviewed theater. I think they were more interested in spreading rumor and innuendo. I try to avoid that, although I certainly enjoy hearing it, but keep it under my hat. Well, I, I'm glad I met you, and I, I greatly respect your column. Thank you so much. It's great to meet you, too. All right, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Sweet Smell of Success will be playing at the Claire Trevor Theater from May 30th to June 6th. For more information, go to www.arts.uci.edu or theorangecurtainrev.com.